Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is October 24th, 2023. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hotbox. We have a full UFC 294 breakdown from end end to beginning, I guess is the way best way to say this. We will talk about everything that happened. We have quite a few takes and things that we have to discuss on here. There was a lot going on over in Abu Dhabi at the Etihad Arena, I guess is the Etihad. I don't know how they say it. They say it differently every time it seems on the broadcast. I'm joined by Ty Capone, Ty. How are you feeling? Did you enjoy the show this past weekend? And uh, what is what is it like down there in the in the Big Pete? Uh, it, it's a good day. It's a nice day. Weather's looking good. Uh, the card itself was, I don't know, what do you say? Uh, a shit show, right? Yeah. Two no contests, five million uh, fence grabs, and you know illegal activities that referees turned a blind eye to. Some sketchy judging and then a ringside physician who uh you know got his doctorate at uh uh ITT University Tech. of Abu Dhabi it seems yeah <laughs> Dana White University no I, I mean it was just a weird card all all in all I mean we have multiple people on the on the card with staph infection I think three in a row right was it Shara Dudakova Naim no it was Dudakova Naimov Breeden back to back to back all with staff Dudakova at staff of the butt yeah. So I didn't think that was, uh, you know. First time hearing terrible. that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? We have two guys on the card who can't fight in the USA, in Shemaev and Magomedov. So, um, Why can't yeah, Shemaev all, fight in the USA? Because of his ties to Ramzan Kadyrov. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So That's great. So but now- also, uh, Usman also has ties to Kadyrov. So, I, you know, I don't know what's going on anymore with, with the uh, influx of Russia and the Middle East into the UFC. Uh, you know, Dana White's coming in the cage trying to, you know, calm down Johnny Walker, which is probably an impossible task. So it was a, uh, it was an event. I'll say that. An Def- eventful event. Definitely an event. Uh, I don't know how my phone just vibrated so intensely right there, but uh, I guess we should start at the, uh, start at the top right here. We'll, we'll just, you know, get right into it. Uh, listen, this is going to be tough for me to talk about. Cause obviously I, I mean, I didn't, Cash my bet out. I really did want to take something like this because it just felt it felt right. You know, it's one of the like we said before. You know, you had to see it happen, but but you know, before you actually believed it could happen. But uh, it it was tough to see Volk get ca- head kick KO'd like that. And uh, it, only one round, ladies and gentlemen. This is the UFC lightweight title. Islam Makachev retains his title with a emphatic head kick, hammer fist. You know, three minutes six seconds. Uh, dispatching of Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, who took this fight on 11 days' notice. You know, we we discussed all the things going into it, but it, uh, you could tell that Volk, you know, he he's going through some stuff, and there was just a lot of different, you know, elements of this that, you know, going into it. But this is a great, great highlight reel performance for Islam Akachev. He needed something like this to kind of hang his hat on and say, you know, like, look how truly great I am. I mean, he should be... Number one in the pound for pound list, I believe he is tied for, or I believe he's second, second now right? to John Jones, John. which kind of yeah, he's not happy. 
really makes no sense, but I mean it's it's a really a silly list, so it's not anything to yeah. get too worked up about. But uh, Ty, what did you make of the whole? You know, I mean, I, I the fight itself didn't really live up to hype because it was only three minutes long, but we got the definitive result. I just feel like Volk. Uh, unfortunately, it you know sometimes when you take these fights on short notice. Somebody always gets screwed, and it's either you know the guy who was preparing for one guy, and then this guy hops in, and he kind of wasn't ready for it, or it's the guy who didn't get the train the way he probably should have, and kind of just you know it just did not work out his way. Yeah, he says uh, it was notable that Volk said he needed the fight for more than just money. So he said he struggled struggled with uh, inactivity, which I find kind of crazy because he's not inactive. He has not been been inactive. The last time he fought was July, right? Um, and before that was February. So three fights in 2023 at age 35. Uh, that's not inactivity, but I guess he's just really going through some mental hurdles, which understandably so. I mean, we, you know, we all go through them every day. So I can't imagine when you're a fighter and you have all this other stuff going on, whatever it could be. So uh, I hope he's okay. And I hope he does not fight in January. Now, I feel like the medically, like... There's always a, uh, a suspension, a medical suspension, it seems like, when somebody gets brutally knocked out, head kick knocked out, knocked out, right? So I think I think Usman had one when uh, after Leon Edwards knocked him out. It's just kind of standard protocol, at least I think, like a couple months, six months, three months. <clears throat> but hopefully um, hopefully that's what happens so somebody can stop him from fighting. Because if he fights Taporia in January, he could, sure, he could win, but you know he gets hit one time, that might be it, like – it's just not um, it's not in his best interest whatsoever to turn around this quickly after getting knocked out such so brutally. Um, now he has been knocked out before, way back in the day against Corey Nelson, um, back in like I don't know, his fifth, fourth, yeah. fourth pro fight in twenty third. Oh, we, we were still we didn't even graduate high school yet, not yet. Anyway, yeah, we talked we're, about we're, this the other day. It was like yeah, unbelievable how long it had been. You know, so it is kind of crazy out. that they were both head kicks, right? And also a minute into the fight. About one minute in, um, Islam went for a head kick, just missed, just missed. Now in this fight, his his activity was was up from last fight. I know it's uh, you know kind of kind of tough to compare, but he had twenty four significant strikes in three minutes compared to fifty seven in twenty five minutes in the last fight. So you notice with with Islam, he's not a he's not a combination striker. He's a single shot striker, but they all land. They've all landed. In this fight, 24 of 29, um, when they got in the clinch, he was 8 of 9. At distance, he was 7 of 11. He went to the body. He went to the legs. Volk didn't go to the head at all. He was 0 for 1 to the head. Um, he was just, you know, again, it was quick, but um, it, it, he just kind of ran through Volkanovsky. He mixed it up from last fight. He went to the head the whole time. Last fight, he was head hunting. This fight, he went to the leg, went to the body, mixed it up. Um, that's why uh, Volk, you know, got kicked in the head. He, he had his... He had his defense up to block a body kick, and then he tried to, you know, tried to slide it up, and he 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 kind of had his hands up, but just he not, it's not enough. not not enough, not enough. It just slipped through, and you know, Islam is a goddamn terror, man. He's I know he's one fifty five, but he he's in the cage like 180, 185 probably. So, um, you know, there's just there wasn't really much that Volk could do in this fight. He was just against all odds, pretty much on yeah. late notice. Um, Everything else that was was going on before the fight, and then the fight itself. I mean, you're going up against a guy who you were competitive with. I went back and rewatched the first fight. And I, I don't, I don't understand how anybody had that as like controversial. I thought Islam won four rounds cleanly. Um, yeah, they were competitive. It was close, but he he edged him out pretty much 
all around. Um, and then this fight, man, is just, you know, it's just tough. It's just tough. Like, you know, I feel bad for him. Um, I hope he's okay. Everybody loves Volk. He still has things to do at 145. I mean, he's probably the best 145er ever. So, and he did something that a lot of people don't really have success in doing. I think Connor's the only, the only guy, uh, was it the only 145er to, the only 145 champion to fight outside of his weight class and win? Is that, is that, is that I think so? what Connor did? Yeah, I think. I forget the, the exact, the exact, um, well, I guess Jose Aldo technically would have, uh, fighting blower i guess going up in weight and kind of trying yeah. to have success up there i, I it's a tall test dude the, the, i mean that's you know I, it, as that's why there's weight classes that that's why we i mean it's kind yeah. of this cliche thing to say but it, especially i just would have liked to have seen this fight that's why i was like upset when it kind of got made because it's like yeah it's a big name fight but like i wanted to see this like everybody having the proper time to train for it and everything and maybe the result would have been the same it's just kind of that built-in excuse now that's like well you know it was alone 11 days notice and yada 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 it's just i don't know i i, I thought that that of all the people that are around volkanovsky is the best possible opponent for islam the most competitive opponent that's gonna really give him a fight that like we've seen especially in that first one i think volkanovsky kind of respected him too much in the first fight and I think with a training camp, it, caught, it probably could have even been closer than it was. But the, you know, the, this jumping in there in eleven days notice to fight Islam Makachev, I, 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 you know, it, even when those, it's like, it's hell, it's hell. I, I can't imagine he's better. Uh, he's a better all around fighter than Habib was. And I, I know that that's yeah. kind of like you know people like to worship at the at the the throne of uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, and he's great. One of the most powerful wrestlers. His ground and pounds unmatched. That's I'm not saying that, but Islam's stand up is like near elite level. It's very, very high level. It is so technical. It's so fast. He's so powerful. It's you really. There's not really a lot of uh, cracks in the armor or any sort of weakness that you can see right away when you look at Islam's game. So a lot of people are always, you know, the, I guess the thing was, oh, you know, he's in Khabib's shadow, this and that. He is, he, he has stepped out of Khabib's shadow. He can move up. I think the, the potential for Islam is, is much higher than Khabib's. And I guess we didn't see Khabib retiring early, right? So there's that part of it. But man, he, I mean, just look at what he's done since he's been in the UFC. I mean, you know, he can only really help. He can only really fight who he's supposed to fight, like. You know, he's had. I mean, he was not supposed to fight Bobby Green. That wasn't supposed to happen. Um, he stepped in there with Dan Hooker. I mean, he he rolled through Dan Hooker like it was nothing. And like just all of, all the guys he's fought. And now, you know, doing this, I think this is obviously the biggest moment of his career. And he is what four years older than us? Was he thirty one? Yep. Like, you know, why why can't he move up to one seventy and fight whoever the champion is up there, right? And 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 do that, like. I don't know, man. I, I think there's still a little bit of work to do at 155, but you know he's he's going to outgrow this division. There's been uh, there's been speculation before, uh, you know, before this fight about him being able to make weight and make sure and making sure he gets his weight cut um, properly under control, so he can go five rounds with Volk again if need be. But uh, didn't need it, and it's it to me it just begs the question. How long will he stay at lightweight? Because he's just a big, big.
big, thick dude. Like he's 5'10". I, I think height-wise he's fine. He's got some – it's his reach, 70, 71. So I think that's fine. I just think him at 170 against like Colby or um, Leon Edwards – him against Leon Edwards would be a fucking dogfight, I think. And I think he would probably fit in really well at the, at the weight class. I don't want to – you know, move him up right away. I guess Gaethje wants to fight him, and you know, I guess there's still the Charlie Olives rematch you could do. Yeah, I think you do have um, to do that. Uh, I mean, just yeah, since it was made this for this fight and it didn't happen, you got you, we have to about, see that. I saw people talking about Dustin. I don't know how he would jump Justin and Dust and uh, Charles, but well, no, I mean, uh, re- yeah, just because he hasn't fought him yet, but nobody wants to see that. But um, no, I'm just really impressed with Islam and. Um, what he's done, all that he has done, and um, I think he has some serious, you know, goat or um, Mount Rushmore potential. I mean, he's still got you got to you got to figure four or five years of his prime left, right? Um, Twenty five and one was he in the UFC? Fourteen and one, right? I think. Yeah, fourteen and one is only loss coming to um, fuck was his name Adriano Martins. And he got one punch knocked out. And that was so long ago. Um, yeah, man. I mean, he has the total package. I mean, remember he hurt Charles Oliveira, and then he arm triangled him, uh, smoked Bobby Green on the ground, Kamora Dan Hooker, uh, choked out Tiago Moises. Just the things he could do. And, and then he, he just, finishes guys, like you're saying. Like you're going through these. Like, like, nobody does any of it. It doesn't matter what's wrong with Volkanovski. Nobody does that to him. Like, insane. So, I mean, there's not really not much else to say about this fight. Again, like you said, three minutes didn't last long. Uh, Alex landed four shots and they were, uh, four significant shots and they were all leg kicks. So, and the control that he had 40, 49 seconds of control, kind of jockeying for position against the cage. One thing Islam did really well, he went for the one takedown, didn't get it, but then he walked Alex to the cage, walked him back. And, um, once he walked him backwards, uh, he did it a couple times, but once he did that, Alex had nowhere to go. And Alex couldn't kind of dip out of the way of a head kick, right? He had to kind of just take it on the, the arm or the shoulder, but he couldn't he couldn't even do that, you know, being four or five inches shorter. So he was just, you know, Islam was just uh, commanded the entirety of that octagon and just pretty much did what he wanted to do. And it was very, very, very impressive. Um, even if he was crowned the number one pound for pound, um, I think John would probably take that over with a win over Stipe in the coming months. But that's neither here nor there. Shout out to Islam. Also, good post-fight speech. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, he has ties to Kadyrov as well. But, I mean, who the fuck doesn't? I mean, Justin Gaethje does, and he's a crowd favorite, so uh, a fan favorite. But, you but know. But I think theirs are a little bit different than. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if Kadyrov comes to you and says, hey, uh, I like you, and I want to sponsor you, and I want, you know, us to be friends, are you going to say no? Uh, Absolutely It's not, not really a possibility, you know what I mean? Like, that's not really possible, so um, – yeah, I did like how he's, you know, said he uh, shouted out Palestine and pretty much him. And I think him and Shemai both said, you know, no more war and this and that. So that was cool to see. At least they're using their platform for well, good. Um, Shemai have said, give him a gun, basically. I'll go down there. There you and, go. Uh, I mean, that well, was a little. Yeah, he's a little. He's a, he's a little different, though. Yeah, it's, he is a little different. He is a little different. Uh, we'll get to him shortly, but yeah, that pretty much is it. Uh, all I have to say about Islam, I'm really excited to see what he does next. I mean. I just really hope that people start to catch on now before it's too late that he really is a different fighter than Khabib. He is his own guy. He is potentially better than Khabib. So I know Khabib destroyed guys, and he had that. Style I think that, he is. You know, I'm I'm going to say that. I know that that's like, I, it should be Khabib is better at one thing 
than everybody else will ever be. Right? That is that you yeah. cannot take that away from him. He is an unbelievable wrestler and just just power grappler. Like, and I I know that that's not like you know people's. When I used to do jujitsu, they would get mad when I say some guy is strong. They're like, "Well, no, he's technical." I'm like, "Yes, there is a different you." All of the people who do this stuff are very technical for the most part if yeah. you're good at it. But there's a difference between when a guy grabs you and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck am I going to do? Now, Islam, I think, has some of that in him. But, I mean, it, you've seen from the way Habib would just ragdoll people that it was uh, the level was a little bit different to what he was doing, to what everyone else was doing. But, I mean, Islam, the whole game is, is su- just superb. It, it really, every time I see him, he gets better and better every time he gets in the cage. And... The the thing I keep thinking though is, it's only a matter of time before he retires. These guys are like, it seems like they get in and they get out, and they're like, you know, it. Islam at being at that Habib level is just kind. of... I don't think he's there yet. I think he's got a few more fights that he kind of wants to, you know, get under his belt or solidify. But I'm with you. I don't want to push him to 170 yet. But Ty, if I go through this list, you know, you kind of named Charles Oliveira and Gaethje. Those are the two maybe at 55 that. Some people would want to see, but the I mean, no one really thinks that. I mean, Islam would be a minus 400, 500 favorite to either one of them. Dustin Poirier, no. Benil Daryush, I, I mean, I think we, we saw what would happen there. He's got a real, real advantage yeah. in the striking game, uh, Islam that being. Chandler, Matus Gamrot, Fazeev, Sarukian, Hooker, Dos Anjos, that's the top 10. Not one of those guys I named. They're not going to give him any problems, and that's no. that's that's the big thing. So, if you're looking to see this guy get tested and, and see, his, you know, how truly great and what skill level he's at, I mean, it's a big jump to that 15 pounds from 55 to 70. I think of all the weight classes, I know there's a bunch of different ones. I think this is the hardest one to jump from yeah. 55 to 70 because that is a whole different size human that you're getting in there with when you make that jump, but. I mean, Leon Edwards, we'll see how the Colby Covington fight goes. Either one of them, I think, would be a fucking awesome fight. So, and I'll I think, be honest. I think Islam smokes either of them. I, I'm, maybe it's hyperbolic. Maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, like, I mean, like, we've seen Leon get rocked. I think him and Colby would cooked. be fun just from the – it would probably be them standing and trading the whole yeah. time. And I think Islam's the better striker, but it would just be fun from the – I would like to see them wrestle too, because it just—they are both kind of like cardio machines. I'd like to see who gets the upper hand there. I think Islam would, because I kind of just trust that Dagestani Russian sort of grinder wrestling. But I, I got—you know—it's one of them things you got to see it for. I want to see it with my own eyes before I actually, you know, stamp my approval on it. Yeah, shout out to Magomed Bagan- Bagandov, the head coach of Abdulmanap uh, Nurmagomedov. Khabib's dad's MMA school. He was in the corner for pretty much everybody that fought tonight, and I think he has pretty much taken the um, taken the reins from uh, Abdulmanap after his passing, and kind of just uh, you know being that father figure ish for all these guys. And um, I, I don't know what kind of role was Khabib at the event. I feel like I didn't see him. I didn't. I mean, I'm sure you would have seen him. They. I heard right. that he was going to be in the corner, but I didn't see him. So I don't know. Okay. Maybe he was like didn't want the back. attention to be on him or something. I, I could see that being a thing. But I, I think I don't think he likes when he's there. That kind of the way that they all like suck him off and, and put the camera in his face, and he wants it to be you know on Islam. Like it's a, it, it, this is Islam's event. Islam's fighting. He doesn't want them to be you know talking about him the whole time. I I think because I didn't see him. I don't know. I don't know what the situation was, though. 
And uh, a guy in the red shirt from the Connor Khabib brawl, he was in the red shirt that hit Connor, knocked yeah. him out. His name is Ased. He did not knock him out. He is. <laughs> he was Khabib and Islam Sambo coach. I think he still is. He was also in the corner with most of the guys tonight. So they just really have a fucking absolute stacked uh, coaching staff, pretty much, and just a uh, you know whatever you want to family, really a, a combat family over there in Dagestan. As long as you're in the uh, inner circle, because I know there's a lot of inner. Dagestani beef, which is kind There's of crazy. a lot of that going on. Yeah, kind of freaks me out. But um, you know, they Islam and Islam and Habib and pretty much all of them. I think Saeed and um, Umar. Not so much. Not Umar. Not so much comes up. But I feel like he had he has mended whatever issues they've had. So at least they're all cool. It seems like whatever they got going on, man, it's fucking brilliant. It's genius, and it's just a bunch of killers and. I, again, I can't see. What, I can't wait to see what Islam does next. I really hope people put respect on his name because he deserves it. It's listen, dude. It's kind of a simple like human element to this, where it's those guys live a much more difficult, hard life than anyone yeah. else here in America. I don't care what what bad stuff you're going through. It, it's not even really about the things that happen. It's just the day to day life that those guys are doing and what they are kind of molded from a young age to just kind of be this. These sick wrestler, like that. It's just that's just a part of their culture. The way we're playing basketball and football, and they're wrestling. They're fucking, yeah. you know, playing the, that weird ass basketball where they're beating the shit out of each other. It's like <laughs> a steady wrestling yeah, or a basketball. Yeah, it's it's a whole different <laughs> animal over there, man. They're not crazy. playing around. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I. It's just it's just another feather in the cap for him and. Uh, I cannot wait for McGregor to come back, beat Chandler, and then take the belt off Islam and right the wrong that 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 was done to him five six years ago. You know, and I hope that guy with the red shirt hops back in the cage after that fight, so he can get cracked again. <laughs> the last blow was against his blood brother, but now, now in all seriousness, um, I don't see anyone that's gonna really challenge him. So, like you said, maybe we're being hyperbolic and kind of prisoner of the moment, but. You know, when you knock a guy out who hasn't been knocked out in 10 years and has kind of seemed like indestructible and you make it look easy against him, why am I supposed to believe that? I mean, especially we already we've agreed nobody at 80 or 55 is going to fuck with him. So, I mean, 70, why do I even think anyone there? Uh, you know, maybe if your boy Shavkat comes up, then that would be now that would be a little fun. But Shavkat is the boogeyman. Shavkat and Islam for the 70 title. <laughs> that would be nasty. Um, and I guess we should keep it moving, though. This is kind of a good transition because, I mean, the person who's number one at 70 right now is Kamaru Usman, who takes a majority decision loss to Hamza Chimaev, who came out from the very beginning uh, of the of the clapping from the referee and just <laughs> walked across the cage and started to maul Kamaru Usman to begin the fight. His, just put that insane wrestling pace on him, but... I mean, you know, he he talked about how he broke his wrist, I guess, in that first round, or he, he broke his hand, some sort of allegedly. hand. Allegedly, exactly, because it didn't seem like that was to be the case, but it just kind of seemed like, in my opinion, that he kind of gassed himself out by trying to, you know, he was on his back. He was, we, they talk about it all the time how, I mean, if you jump on a tree and try to wrap your legs around it and stand there and sit there for four minutes, imagine how you're going to feel when you get back up, you know, you go sit down and then get back up off the stool, dude. It's, you're not, yeah. your legs are going to be a little bit cooked, so... Uh, you know, I saw some people saying that Usman won this fight, 
Did you think that? I didn't think that. Uh, well, I mean, no, it was pretty much impossible for him to win that fight because he got 10 8 in the first round. Well, I didn't. Some people did said, you ah. think that that was a 10 8? Yeah, I thought so. Uh, all, all three judges had a 10 8, thankfully. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't close to being finished, but he controlled him for four and a half minutes. He did some damage. He outstruck him 61 to 5 in total strikes. Um, yeah, I thought it was a 10 8. I mean, it wasn't, you know. It wasn't like he fucking bloodied him up and almost killed him, but I, I thought it was um, very dominant, and I thought it was deserving of a 10-8. I'm glad all three judges gave it a 10-8. But then after that, I mean, he didn't do anything. Like, I, I could definitely see a, a draw, potentially, for Usman, but I also kind of thought Chamayev won the third round, especially with that takedown. And then he had a little bit of ground and pound. Not much, but he had a little bit that I think swayed it, uh, the third round, in his favor, or else it would have been a, a unanimous draw. But I think it was David Letheby gave Usman the second and third, Derek Cleary, or Derek Clearly, as Bruce Buffer still calls him for whatever reason, um, and Vito Paolillo. Hey, gave how you Chimayev. doing? <laughs> I didn't know hey. Vito was on, on the uh, scorecard. Vito Yeah, he gave uh, Chimaev the third. I thought Chimaev, or he, he actually gave Chimaev the second round, which I do not agree with at all. But, at all. Um, yeah, that was bad. But uh, I do think Chimaev should have won. And um, it, it was just... You know, if this would have went five rounds, who knows what would have happened? Um, after the first round, I mean, you know, he didn't he didn't look like a diminished version of himself, but he did not look like the killer that he looked like in the first. Right, first round, uh, round one, Shmaev is like this um, mythical creature, right? We saw it in pretty much every fight um, except the Gilbert Burns fight. That's when you want to extend him a little bit. Um, he went to the second round with John Phillips, but that was his UFC debut, and obviously Captain Phillips, you know. We know what we're getting from him. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was getting jabbed. He got hit with a couple of shots. Usman wasn't doing much. His knees looked good. He didn't he look did. like he was compromised. Um, yeah, I was kind of just uh, disappointed, really, with, with Chimaev. And the, I mean, the fight itself, I thought, was eh, kind of boring, you know, for what we were anticipating. And for, you know, we had two potential Hall of Famers, potential, uh, in the cage against each other. Usman moving up on short notice, and he honestly looked pretty good for you know all the all the issues surrounding him. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with Sean Strickland. Like you know, what if what has Chamayev done to get a, a title shot? You no, know, he doesn't he deserve just, one yet. Is he ahead of Drickus Duplessis because Drickus Duplessis turned down a fight because of an injury? Is that is that, is that what we're doing here? It's kind of like the same thing with Charlie Olives. Like maybe the UFC is going to be mad at Charles Oliver for getting hurt and making and fucking up their main event, so they're going to skip him with Dust, uh, Justin Gaethje, which. I get, you know, he just landed a crazy knockout over Dustin, but, you know, look what Oliveira did to Justin Gaethje. But, um, yeah, at the UFC, that, that's, that's what they do. That's what they do. You turn down a fight, they'll, uh, they'll hold that against you, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know what is next. But if Chamaya fights Sean Strickland, I think he's probably going to be able to do that, what he did in the first round. But if he gets out of that first round, Sean Strickland is a savage. He can go all day. So, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Ch- Chamayev, I guess he said he broke – a wrist or a hand, but I don't know. It didn't really look like that to me. Who you know? Who am I to tell? Uh, also, had both Kadyrov sons in his corner, both of them. So it's insane. That was a little interesting. Um, <laughs> that was interesting. What did you think of them offering uh, Strickland this fight first for the, for the title, but like before any before the Usman before any of that? Like they gave they tried to offer a champion a championship fight on twelve days' notice. How disrespectful is that, man? I'm, I'm glad he said no, because you should be able to turn down fights. I know Islam, and part of his pound-for-pound 
Uh, Especially as the champ, you 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 really they. That's the only position in the UFC you really can feel good about turning down a fight because they there's shit not shit they can do to you really you they, you have the belt unless they take it from you and everyone would call, basically call them the fucking WWE then at that point so it's like pretty much you really can't do shit yeah and I know Islam pretty much said that John Jones turned down a fight as a champion that's why he shouldn't be the number one pound for pound I think that's a bunch of bullshit I think you should be able to turn down a fight if you don't want to fight on short notice or fight somebody overweight or whatever the circumstances may be you don't have to 12 days notice in abu dhabi against no man like why why would i want to fight that fight you know take that fight and probably lose my belt after i just got it not ideal circumstances i'll just wait until the winter so i can get a full camp and uh i mean they're probably not gonna fight in the u.s again because they can't but um regardless i think that would be a it's probably what's next it is what's next i should say so um yeah it should be uh it should be interesting I guess. I think it's going to be uh, – I think they have to do Strickland and DDP. I, I think if anything's right in this sport, that, that – like because and honestly, logistically, when are they going to be somewhere where Shemayev can fight again? Like when is the next possible opportunity for them to run a fight between Shemayev and whoever – I mean, Shemayev's ranked number nine right now, and I'm pretty sure they yeah. just updated the ranking. So it's like how do you justify that when DDP – just beat the number three, and he was the number one at the time contender in the world. So I, I don't. And Israel Adesanya is going to kind of just sit on number one for a while because apparently he's not fighting. So I, I, I just, you know, it doesn't well, make sense. I think you're going to Chamayev needs to fight a legit eighty-five pounder before he gets into the cage and fights for a title. Yeah, ideally, I would love to see him in uh, Drickus, but I think one of them is going to get the next title shot. Obviously, uh, I guess they're going to China. They're going to Shanghai in December, probably too early. And then they're going to Toronto in January and then um, Saudi Arabia in March, unfortunately. Well, that's so, probably uh, yeah. when you're going to see him, truly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like, Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. There's so, much, there's so much to discuss. And then you have to worry about, you know, can this guy fight in the U.S.? That's another layer on top of this whole goddamn shit cake that we have going on, but... Yeah, that's pretty much the uh, 185 division. Pretty much just sit back and, and wait. Yeah, and uh, I felt bad for Usman. And like you said, that whole discussion about turning down fights and not accepting them on 12 days, it goes to show you that you don't get shit for it. Like, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure they got paid well, and that, that's pretty much the only incentive you have because Volkanovski's not going to get another shot at the 55 title. You know, that's yeah, probably it. For that's him. done. That's out the window. I think that's uh, what I'm saying. Like, and, and it's like, you didn't really, and you, he probably doesn't feel like he got a fair crack at it because he wasn't in the shape that he should have been. And mentally wasn't in the space, you know, like there's all these uh, elements in there and Usman, you know, he really didn't have anything to lose necessarily in this fight. And I honestly think he came out looking good in this fight. That, yeah. That it's good like, jab. Yeah. Um, he was he didn't get really hit with anything crazy. I mean, you know, he finally got taken down and, and controlled, but like you know, a bit of an a uh, a bit of an asterisk there. You're going against a fucking boogeyman, you know. Like you can't be perfect your whole career. He's getting older, and then he started to chip him up. So it's like you know, it, it's yeah. like, you know, I don't think there's really anything that, to be ashamed of. That straight right, he landed a couple times. So um, he did look a little tired after round one. I was kind of surprised. I, I, not surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but he really held it in there, man. He fought really well. I ho- I really hope they gave Kamar Usman a couple million. I think I heard somewhere that. That's probably what they'd give him on top of whatever he was making. So that's good. I'm glad that he's getting taken care of. If he is, that is. I think. Um, I mean, 
Usman's been a you know Dana White fan. Uh, Dana White's been a fan of Usman since he got to the UFC. Boring style and all, he still always loved Kamaru. So, and he always pretty much said yes whenever the time came yeah. to fight somebody, unless he like had a serious injury. He held down that seventy division for a long time, so you have to respect what he's done for the the UFC and. Yeah, I, I just I, I I thought he looked good, and I don't you know maybe the talks of him being completely washed are you know especially at eighty five maybe that seventy cuts just a little bit too much for him, which I wouldn't blame him. I mean, he was fucking he looked huge he in looked that big, case. Yeah. So uh, maybe eighty five is the new home for him. Maybe you can get something like a him versus Robert Whitaker five rounder, you know, like something like That'd that. Be nasty. That, that the guy, real quick. Good. Um, would you would you hate what would your love hate? Factor uh, number, I guess, on a scale of one to ten, one being hate, ten being love. Where do you stand on a January matchup for the interim one forty five belt between Taporia and Max Holloway? I'm at like a seven. Uh, a I would be right, yeah, right in the middle, five. Like I, because yeah, I, like, I think the I only thing that it would ruin the if if Holloway were to win, it would just ruin the allure of that Volkanovski Taporia fight. Yeah, that would suck. If, I mean, having Max and Volk run it back again would probably be like the ultimate, you know, why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. But if Volk's out for six months, and again, that's a big if. I haven't seen medical suspensions. I don't even know if they give medical suspensions in Abu Dhabi. I was going to say that Abu Dhabi. that. <laughs> um, I don't even know if that's a thing, but you got you to gotta figure that the UFC's guys, doctors, are going to take a look at these guys or the UFC's going to do something. And, you know, they're not going to have Volkanovski come back in January. There's no way. No. There's no fucking way. So... If he does get six months medical suspension or if he takes time himself, I know he doesn't want to, but he definitely should. Like, I, I really hope Volk doesn't, you know, his career arc doesn't eventually turn into him fighting a bunch of young killers because he has to fight and wants to fight and gets, you know, eventually starts getting the floor mopped by all these guys. That would suck. That would really, truly suck because he's one of the best ever. And, uh, I mean, he, I'm not going to say perfect or flawless, but man, he was as close as you can be in the sport. For a long time so yeah that would truly suck i know he's he just seems like one of those guys who's never going to stop fighting and the ufc's never going to stop giving him fights you know so um definitely gonna keep an eye on uh, on volk and his health so we'll see what happens in january hey so now i mean that january slot's kind of opened up that's you know uh, that's where that's where connor could step in there baby let's step in connor and let's Sephoria. get that connor chandler fight and then at, at three hundred we run Islam versus Connor for for the for oh, everything man. for everything. Islam would do bad things to that man. Just saying. I can't but. wait. Uh, he's got he's a black belt now. It's a whole different. <laughs> oh great! Ball. Who gave him that black belt? Was it New York Times? The New, New York Times bestseller John Cavanaugh. <laughs> is that who? That is who. That is who. And just speaking of which, we are going to talk about another one of his students right now, Johnny Walker. Um, his fight this past weekend was marred in controversy. Ended yeah. early via no contest and accidental illegal knee to the head by Magomed Ankalaev, which, I mean, was a really dirty knee. I don't think he really meant to do it, but bad. it was like, what are you doing? Knee down, throwing a knee. If anything, that could be a disqualification. He's lucky. That's I honestly was a little bit like concerned. I did take, I, I did dabble a little bit. Johnny Walker TKO <laughs> plus 600 or whatever it plus was. DQ. Oh man, imagine that. Oh man, if I would have won that, that would have been that would have made my weekend, but um I don't know, Ty. I, I this is like this was what a fucking this is what happens. This is what we talk about all the time when they go to these different places. It's the only sport in the world where all of these different places and commissions are different. 
and all the rules just seemingly change wherever they go, and there's all these different little elements and variables that you have to account for. In the NFL, when they go to London, it's still the NFL, and they still have the same referees that are you know usually do the games anyway. Here, you have some doctor who's like, I guess the Abu Dhabi commissioner the UFC brings with them, who Terrible. wanted to get himself involved, it seemed like, the entire night. He just... He he was not fit to be in the cage for these these big calls. So Ankalaev knees him in the head, and then they come in. They ask him where he's at, and Johnny Walker says, "I'm in the desert." Which is he wrong? <laughs> no, he's he, not wrong. At, so <laughs> they're definitely not wrong. Um, should he have said is, that? Guess, probably no. But I mean, he, he's not wrong. He is literally in the desert. Yeah, I find it. I find it impossible almost to not know what country you're, you're in when you have to get specific documentation to go to that country to be able to be in that country to be able to fight in that country so if johnny walker didn't know where he was then i have some questions about him but if he didn't know where he was because he got kneed in the fucking head i understand that completely i 100 percent agree and, and, and understand also there's some great johnny walker memes i just sent you one it's <laughs> Doctor Walker, what country are you in right now? Johnny Walker. And it's a picture of Sean Strickland wearing a hat that says, please be patient. I'm autistic, not rude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, like, it's not like they asked him, you know, what are the five biggest rivers in the country? And you can't say the Nile. Uh, you know, like, it, it was an easy question. However, however, there's no fucking reason that there should not be a translator on hand to bring into the ring and tell them, okay, hey, ask him this, and then he can answer me this. Because for a while, Johnny Walker had a glazed stare, and he was just like, uh... So I kind of understand the doctor in that case for like, you know what, He's, he, answered, he didn't really answer the question, and it took him 30 minutes to not answer the question correctly. I'm going to say he can't fight. So I kind of, I'm going to give him a pass on that little... That aspect uh, part of it. Yeah. But there should one million percent be a, a, a Portuguese translator. So I mean, dude, how many Brazilian fighters and Brazilian people are in the UFC as a whole? Employees or not? Like so many. There has to be one cage side. There's there was three or four uh, Brazilians on the card. Like that's inexcusable. I don't know how that happens, but um, yeah, that that's that's pretty much what happened. And then him and Johnny, uh, him and Magomed Ankalaev tried fighting each other uh, after that. They're like, fuck this, we're going to throw down anyway. So. Let me, let me ask you a question, though. The, the problem I had, it wasn't so much that, uh, you know, I like I, it's Johnny Walker, though. So, like, I, I, you got, you got to imagine you're not going to get a, you know, logical answer, or we're not you exactly using, you know, the important parts of our brain here when this is going on. I mean, this is a guy who starts doing the worm and dislocates his shoulder after a fight. Like, we're not exactly talking about a a the, the normal people here when we're talking about fighters. But Ty, why? Why is the doctor getting in the cage a minute after an illegal strike has been landed when you're supposed yeah, to have should... five minutes to recover? And, like, yeah. the, I mean, I don't know if this is the referee's fault, but that it should have been like, hey, give it, take your time, take your time. Are you ready? And when he says he's ready, then you bring the doctor in, and the doctor does his thing. That's how it, it seems like it's always been throughout the time that I've had in this sport. I mean, Victor Henry was fighting for his fucking life in the cage, and they were just like, are, are you ready? I mean, they gave him more than five minutes to kind of recover from that. And the yeah. guy, the guy's nuts exploded. So I, I don't I don't know. I, I just I seemed like that, that doctor was a fucking clown, and he didn't really know what, what the fuck he was doing. So it just it, it kind of snowballed. And then, like you said, 
Johnny Walker's like pushes the ref. He's like, dude, I'm good. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then Ankalaev's like, what's good, cuz? And, and then they just started, they were about to square it up and they're about to start throwing down. All the security had to hop in like a WWE match. They were like, yo, whoa, whoa. Like, what, what are you guys doing? As you said, Dana had to get wild. in there and was like, yo, guys, enough. You know, we're in Abu Dhabi. We'll all go to jail. They're just going to kill us all. So, <laughs> so they had to chill. Yeah, you never see Uncle Dana out. hop in the cage. You never really see him get in there. Well, he really had to. Something they, they ain't in Las Vegas anymore. You know, we're not. Yeah. We're not in Kansas. This is this is no fucking joke over there. That's why I don't like. I really don't like when they go over there. It was fun the first time because it was kind of like. I hate it. I yeah. hate it so much. There's so many you know humanitarian issues in general. Oh God, yeah. With the place, you know the you know the whatever, and then you want to you know house fights here, and then uh, you know these fights they carry a lot of a lot of big outcomes and a lot of people are interested and a lot of money's involved so that's where things kind of get sketchy but what do you hopefully they run this back i guess i don't know they should i don't know what what the result will be or if it'll be any different but or you know like if ankalaya was i mean what did you make of the fight while it was happening it just kind of it was no it was just about to heat up I yeah thought. that's like, the it thing was just like, starting to get there you know magomed ankalaya had a minute of control time and then they had a minute I think it was just like he had a minute of control time, and then there was one more minute where there was no control time, and then they almost started to turn up. But it, it just, uh, yeah, it didn't get, um, it didn't really get going. I thought Johnny Walker looked okay, honestly. He was he got hit with a couple shots, but nothing crazy. It was just they were again just getting started. But Johnny Walker and Magma Nikolai both are just completely cursed. I think the two hundred and five pound division is just you know cooked. Ikram Alaskarov. Uh, he he may be the real deal. Uh, it's you know not not necessarily this isn't the end all be all uh, of you know beating Worley Alves will p- propel you to a title shot. But I will say this man's got some fire in his hands and in his knees. That flight knee he landed was fucking uh, a bomb, and it yeah. uh, you know he got Worley Alves out of there in two minutes and cashed out that TKO bet that we took. But he you know there's nothing you can say other than Alaskarov looked like the real deal. Yeah, he took care of business. Honestly, I, I had some questions because Worley Alves is kind of like a sneaky underdog sometimes, you know, as long as he's firing all cylinders. But fighting up a weight class against an absolute killer, yeah, didn't go his way. And I think, you know, Al Scarif would just fought somebody who is not on his level. So it's time to give him somebody ranked, somebody, you know, on his level, I guess you could say. Uh, Let's see who I think he has a ranking next to his name now. I, at least I would hope so. Yeah, I think he no. He's at middleweight, right? No, yeah, wow, he does right. not. I mean, dude, I would love to see him and Chris Curtis or Nazardine Imavov. Honestly, make just run that back because they was they were supposed to fight. I think that might be something they try to do. Um, in the they have a China card coming up. I think that's something they could definitely do. Um, yeah, I would absolutely love to see Imavov and Al Skarov, dude. That would be a fucking Two different styles of, of striking, but two brutal, brutal, and two athletic, two athletic young fighters that are also just freaks and just go after it. I would love to see that. That would be awesome. Who would you take? I would take, take Nazardine Imavov. Really? Okay. I would take Imavov. I think his wrestling combined with his kickboxing and his range uh, distance and range management, range control, and just his experience, I think that would... Give him the edge, but I think Alaskarov probably has more power and probably is a little bit more explosive. So I think it would be a very uh, it would be a very nip tuck affair, which would be I mean that would be an awesome like co main or something on a, yeah. on, a, on a fight night. I, I'm all in. That screams decision to me right away when I yeah uh, I think so when, too when I think about it. But um, 
yeah, it's a great win for Alex Garov. And like you said, I'd like to see him break into that uh, top 15 and kind of get a big-time matchup like he was supposed to get this past fight, and he kind of just got taken from him. But uh, shots to Borley Alves for taking that on short notice. It was that's Yeah, that was... Again, now you take it on short notice. You really don't. You really no uh, reward there, other than probably yeah. Besides a head, a to the head. That's large financial sums in CTE. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> Saeed Nurmagomedov with a ninja guillotine choke. Right, it, immediately the the second this fight started, pretty much a uh, minute thirteen in, he gets Gafarov out of there. Uh, makes that decision bet that we took look stupid as shit. But you know, it's one of them things. You know what? Yeah, what you. you if, you know, you're screwed if you do, you're screwed if you don't. It's just, it's, yeah. I felt so, uh, it's exactly what he did the last time he fought. And I think I took the decision then. I thought, you know, not the Martinez fight, but the uh, Cock Rockman fight. Come. Yeah, that, and I was a big, you know, a proponent of him. So I was like, oh, this is a decision, I think. And it just didn't work out. But uh, he looked. I blame you. Hey, I, I'm, uh, I'm done you betting. You talked I'm but I'm done betting Saeed Nurmagomedov the decision. How about that? All right, that's the that's yeah. the last one for me. I am retiring that bet, and uh, we keep it moving though. I mean, it's, what are you gonna do? It's all you can yeah, do. No, is keep it moving. Nothing else to talk about. How about Muhammad Mukayev? So I know you were saying this guy is a really good guy with good morals, and you really <laughs> like the way he carries himself. No, but uh, in all honesty, he he. I thought he. <laughs> I really was about – I had some hot takes coming in here before that last uh, sequence with that arm triangle. I, he was not advancing position really at all. He kind of was just okay hanging out in that sort of half guard, full full guard sort of thing. And he was almost getting – you know, he was letting Tim Elliott throw up his submissions here and there. And this fight played out pretty much how we thought it would. Tim Elliott – Never really been the best takedown defense kind of guy. He kind of just lets himself get taken down and then tries to sub you from his back. And he tried that here. He did, and it wasn't going to work. You knew that going no. into this because Mukayev is smart and knows what he's doing. But I don't know. Mukayev just leaves, you know, and it's a submission victory, and he cashed our bet out, and it's a good win for him. But he just, for some reason, just leaves a lot, like something to be desired here for me. I don't know. I, I just. Yeah. I, what what is it around. missing? Uh, I think he just he's he just needs to put all of it together. It seems like he has a lot of abilities and he has a lot of talent. Um, I think his stand up and his striking in general needs needs some work, and I think his aggressiveness on the ground also needs some work. Again, he dude, he was only born in the year two thousand, so we got to remember how young he truly is. He this is what his his fifth UFC fight, kind of crazy, man. Yeah, but, um, especially I think yeah he had two this year and three last year, so. Maybe a little bit of time off. I'm not. I'm not asking you know him to take a year off, but maybe a little bit of time off. And you know, uh, a lot of things. A lot of times you see in these young fighters, um, when they um, you know from one fight to the other, you see massive improvements or just little things that look a lot better and are just more sharp. So hopefully we can keep seeing that. I mean, it's it's good to beat Tim Elliott. It's good to beat somebody like him. Um, it did take him a little while, and that second round was you know he took him down. The entirety, I think, four minutes and fifty-six seconds of control time in that second round, um, and then the third round was not even close. I mean, you know, he finally um, widened the gap in strikes yeah. and, and just control and domination. And finally, I mean, that was a nasty arm triangle. The way he yeah. got it, you know, he kind of just switched over from mount. Uh, so that was good. Glad he did that. Poor Tim Elliott, you know. Um, oh wait, we never even. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on one second. I have to see. If the biggest outcome 
of Tim Elliott's weekend, how it went. It did go his way. It did. So Tony Tony Soto Soto takes a unanimous decision victory at BKFC 52. So congratulations to, I mean, listen, Tim Elliott, you win some, you lose some. Uh, Kevin Crew's face looks bad. Yep. Holy shit. Cameron Van Camp took an L this weekend too. So that's, you know. Well. I mean, what, 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 I can't be shocked What did we that. expect? <laughs> what, what, what did he expect? Uh, yeah, there is a lot of people on this card that I've never heard of before. but They got their faces rearranged. Yep, Keith Richardson took the uh, W in the BKFC championship fight. He knocked the man Not out. The rock star. No, who is on IR right now. So there, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of moving uh, parts here. In Columbia, South Carolina at the Colonial Life Arena. Shout out to the Gamecocks, baby. Two and six. The prelims were on YouTube, so I, I didn't actually get to catch any of that. I kind of just went about my day, and uh, I believe the I, Phillies I was, won that night, so it was a good I night. I was busy me, watching so. uh, LSU smash the Army uh, into the dirt on a football field. The Army. <laughs> not, not the, the Golden Army. Knights, just the Army. No, no, they're the Army. And also, the Army plays some dirty football, by the way. They're, they're, they're pretty bad and unathletic, but man, they are dirty. So I do not respect the troops. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. That's uh, I don't stand with him, but you know what are you gonna do? Uh, hey, the Air Force is undefeated, and we're ranked. So, you know, there's a lot. Just wait for the Army Navy game when uh, you know the 75 jets fly over my house. When when the game's in Philly, sounds like there's like fucking uh, a military activity big time going yeah. on. Where I was gonna uh, say, is that still in Philly? I'm walking. Or, yeah. Sometimes it, one. I don't know if it's this year. The, sometimes they go down to Washington. Sometimes they go to New York uh, for at East Rutherford. But then sometimes it's here, and I hear fly over my house. I'm like, what the fuck is that, dude? And it's a fucking you know thirty million dollar jet or even more. Who knows how much them fucking things cost? But uh, let's get back to the uh, mixed martial arts here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Trevor Peak turned into prime Habib Nurmagomedov this weekend. Uh, you know, the one time I, you know, I, I bet a TKO for him, he turns into a wrestler, and he got himself a few takedowns, and he gets a win against Muhammad Yaya, who, you know, I wasn't that impressed by. So I, this wasn't that impressive of a win. It was kind of boring. Nah. And third round uh, was impressive. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised he had stamina, he had wrestling, and he was had ability to kind of keep it. Uh, keep it at a high level at the end of the fight. Still, I was shocked by this performance. I never, like, yeah. I, I never thought that he was like from what you've seen I from mean, him he, the first couple times. Never thought this would be a game plan he'd implement. He wasn't even really good. I mean, he targeted the head only fifty two percent of the time. Yeah, you know, he went to the body, he went to the legs. Like, I bet if I compare that to his Chepe Mariscal fight, it was it's much different. Yeah, he went to the actually no no he went. I mean, he didn't go to the leg at, at all against Chepe, but he went to the head and body a lot. So. Um, let's see if in the Eric Gonzalez, he was just head hunting. Yeah, he was. So, uh, making some, making some changes. And I mean, listen, he was born in 95 too. So he's not a necessarily a finished product. I know he doesn't seem like he has much, much to work with, you know, uh, potential wise, but you never know. He got another win. He is two and one in the three and one in the UFC. So, um, at lightweight too, which is not, not easy to do. It doesn't matter who you're fighting. Lightweight is a bunch of killers from top to bottom. But Muhammad Yaya, not one of them. So he won't have to get in the gym in the UAE. I'll be curious. Like you said, you make mention of the leaps and bounds that these guys make in between fights, especially when they're younger. And it seemed like that was the case here with Trevor Peak. He just looked like a, you know, just added another little wrinkle to his game that you need to be. I mean, listen, like we, we kind of like joked about Trevor Peak. Like he's like, 
he's gonna it, it, his time's coming. You know, like it's you can't fight that way and last long. Like he's gonna be an exciting, fun fighter, but you can't really take him serious if if he can add a little bit of wrestling into the game. Then I mean, it's something worth note. I mean, not to say that it's like now he's gonna win the championship, but it is. You know, you uh, you'll have to take him a little bit more seriously if he's at able to add that power, and then if things get tough, he can just take you down and hold you down for a little bit, then, you know, it's it's smart things to do when you're trying to win minutes and win fights, man. So it's a good little good little win there for Trevor Peak. Um, Trevor Peak, Trevor Peak, Magedoff, Kometoff. <laughs> Peak Magedoff, so. Peak Magedoff. Uh, how about the no contest here for Victor Henry and Javid Basharat, which Basharat was spamming nut shots uh, in this fight, and... It ends early when Victor Henry looked like he was going to die. I mean, he really did. He, I, I was worried for the man's health. Uh, then they're sitting there in, in the uh, on the broadcast saying, oh, it looks like he didn't really kick him in the nuts. And, uh, you know, it, it lifted up into the cup, and there's all this conversation going on. This is what happens when you have five minutes to recover. And he tried to use all of it to try to bounce back, but... Uh, you know, eventually they had to call it. It was the right call because this guy couldn't fight, and he was, uh, you know, just in writhing in pain on the ground. You could tell right away this wasn't just normal nut shot. He was in serious, serious pain. And then Boshrod, after the fight, says he was faking it. So there you go. Yeah, and Dewey Cooper, Boshrod's trainer, also said the same thing. And then I think it was Der- not Derek. <laughs> I said Derek Barnett. Josh Barnett had to like help carry Victor Henry out of the cage. And um, and then Victor uh, Josh Barnett was on Twitter, you know, telling these guys like, "Yo, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, you think we're still faking this? Like, he's in the hospital right now, getting a fucking sonogram on his balls. Like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that people thought he Victor Henry of all people, the guy who before the UFC was doing tournaments in fucking Russia and China and all these different parts of the world with a small, you know, untested record against these guys who are like twenty eight and three. And you think you think he's faking it against Javi? Ba- Listen, Bostrov's a good fighter, but you know he's fought a Sunsal, he's fought Barcelos, he's fought all these other killers. When he was he fought Kyler Phillips in the fucking regional scene. Like, not to put anything against Bostrov, but like he's not the baddest guy he'll ever face. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that was just absolute pathetic. And also the, the you know the ringside physician say, no, no, it didn't hit your balls. And he's like, bro, it hit my dick and my balls. The fuck are you talking about? I'm the one in pain. How are you going to tell me? Like that was one of the worst low blows since um who was the guy who was throwing who was dry heaving? I don't re- I know who uh, you're talking about. I don't remember though. I think it was Alessio Sicaro, my cousin. The Jericho? <laughs> no, way back in the day, the first Italian. Um I think he was dry he- I think it was Alessio Sicaro. Yeah, it was. Uh, against Ron Faircloth, what a name! He got he got knocked he got hit so bad that he was literally dry heaving, and they had to bring in a fucking uh, a bucket in case he was going to throw up. So this was one of the worst ones since then, and um, yeah, just another uh, unfortunate event on this card. Cedricus Dumas, man, uh, seems like a guy who's kind of putting it all together. Uh, the more another guy like you talk about, young guy making these leaps and bounds in his game every time he gets in there, and he seems at. To be more and more well-rounded, the the more times we get to see him, and he's not just like a striking kickboxer. Even though he has the stature of one, and he's a bigger guy, you know, longer. But I mean, I, not to go too far into this because Abu Zaitar is kind of cooked. But it's just a good win for Rodriguez to get one against a guy not named Cody Brundage. 
Yeah, again, the best thing, he's 3-1 and one in the UFC now, right? He is um, 95, baby. He's a month a month older than me. So you're going to see him improve. And, I, you know, maybe minor improvements, but he's making improvements. You know, he went to the legs a lot in this fight. He got a takedown. I got a bunch of control to win him the first round. He did. He lost the second round, came back and won the third round. I think that's very impressive from a guy who's as young and inexperienced as Dumas to fight somebody like Azaitar, who pretty much has a home field advantage. He has a bunch of fights. He is older, but uh, with that age comes a lot of experience. And um, you know, to lose the second round, basically going into the third round, uh, it's a 50-50 fight, and then taking that round, not getting a takedown. And I think he hurt him with a straight right. I think he uh, rocked him against the cage. So, you know, good on him, man. Good on him. All you listen, a win is a win. That, that's all that matters. So, stack up those wins. You get more. You get more money. You get more opportunities. You get a bigger deal, and uh, potentially see improvements in his next fight. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he could do. He's again, like you said, he has a long, good frame. He's got a lot to work with. It seems like. So, um, hopefully, get him back on the devil's lettuce, so we can see him back in the training. Uh, in the training gym, if you will. Yeah, so maybe we keep him off the lettuce so that he looks like <laughs> this every time he gets in there. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, how about this? This is the one we got to talk about here, Ty. This is might be your pick of the year, which yeah. it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Mike, M- money, Mike Breeden. Uh, this guy was kind of not getting beat up, but kind of getting you know controlled for the first. Yeah. You know, seven, eight, nine minutes of the fight, and then you saw towards the end of that second round, there was a little bit coming out of him. Like, you know what? Fuck this, man. This is fucking bullshit. And that third round started, and he's barking at Anshul Jubilee <laughs> and telling him, like, you basically, like, you're a pussy. Like, come here. Like, you know, where are you running to? I'm a dog. And it you know, worked. It worked, man. And you could see, I think uh, they were talking about it on the call. Like, Felder and DC were just like, He's like, he's shocked. Like, he has no idea what to do. Like, he can't believe this guy is barking at him in the cage. And I you, couldn't either. Jubilee didn't do shit, man. It's <laughs> this, I honestly, and I know this is a little bit dramatic, but I don't think this is something Angel Jubilee could come back from, dude. I know he's yeah. only eight, eight fights in, but even when I'm gambling from now on, I can never look at this man the same because <laughs> he was winning this fight and he just got. He got punked by Mike Breeden, and Mike Breeden just started throwing bombs at him. And I don't know if Jubilee was gassed. I think that had an aspect to it, but I also think he yeah. just was mentally cooked after this. After he had put and hit this guy with his best shots, and he hurt Breeden a few times. And yeah, I did. It, it didn't matter. Multiple times, both in both around the first and second round. Yeah. I think he knocked him. He didn't knock him down, but he rocked him early. And I was like, "Great, Mike Breeden, money, Mike Breeden's cooked." Uh, but this is not Jekka Saragi. You know, this is the only time he – actually, it's not the only time. But I, I want to say it's the only time he went into the third round uh, after beating the shit out of somebody. Again, I don't know. This first two fights went to the decision. Who knows? But um, Mike Breeden's game, man, I think that's one of the, you know, one of the more um, – one of the best examples of a fighter winning a fight off of vibes, right? He just started barking at him, started talking shit. Start taunting him. It took him about halfway through the third round to to, to finish him too, because I thought for a minute, like, oh man, I, I hope he doesn't think that he can win this round and win the fight because he's he's down a couple rounds. I think, um, yeah, Jubilee had a good round one, good start to round two, and then that was it. Like like you said, at the very end, middle end of the second round, 
Um, Mike Breeden started coming on strong. I mean, dude, his eyebrows flapping in the wind. He doesn't give a fuck. He's barking. Yeah. Uh, Anshel Jubilee was minus 1,100 with 90 seconds left in the second round. Crazy. Now, imagine watching this fight and being like, you know what? This guy's coming on strong. Let me throw in a live bet on him. Like, that would have been such a perfect spot. Um, But thankfully, your boy had TKO inside the distance, whatever it was. I think round three TKO for Mike Breeden was... Plus thirty six hundred or plus twenty six hundred. Uh, I'm in this Discord with a bunch of people who post their winning tickets, and somebody put like five bucks on them. Uh, KO round three. So, you know, I don't know what. The, Shout out to that why guy. Why couldn't I? Why couldn't I do it? But either way, money. Mike Breeden comes through, shows all the all the grit in the world. He knows he needed this win to stay in the UFC, and he got it, baby. He, I guess, con- counting his contender series loss, owned four under the UFC banner. So. He needed this one badly, even though, I, again, I still think he beat Natan Levy. That's, I'm just saying. But I don't know if it was a pro-Israel uh, judges. I don't know. But either way, Mike Breeden, huge win. I think he's a KC guy, right? I think he's one of those. Uh, I'm not sure how long or how much he was with James Krause, but I think he was with him for a little bit. So um, Hell yeah. I, money. That's I why they this, call him money. Yeah. Um, is that really what they call him? Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> For a second, I was like, did I make that nickname up? Because I thought I kind of – I was just talking. I was just really hype he won. So. Um, but I think the d- discussion we need to have around Jubilee is, like, he has some ability, right? He looks like he's athletic, hits hard, has some power, but maybe not game-breaking power, maybe not fight-finishing power necessarily, like one-hitter-quitter. Um, so, yeah, like, why was, he the fa- why was he such a big favorite in this fight? And going forward, why would you ever want to pick him as a big favorite, right? You know, like, no. why – no, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of, and he's at 155, man. Like he's gonna fight other guys that are tough, like Mike Breeden, or maybe even more tough. So, time to figure some things out there, Jube. Uh, Jubilee doesn't really have like a uh, an A plus skill, you know. Like how like yeah. we talk about some of these guys just are good at one thing. Like he's solid. He's just not like, and maybe he could, you know, he's still younger, so he can still make that those leaps and bounds. But it's just, I don't know. You know, he it's just kind of a nothing fight every time he's in there, and he was doing good. But that's against Mike Breeden, who we've you know we've discussed on yeah, here. we've seen him bottom, yeah, bottom of the barrel. Uh, it's uh, you know, and but hey, I don't want to take away from Mike Breeden. That shit was awesome, and he kind of bought himself a few more fights here because I think if he lost that, he's done. It was yeah, that was really a make or break situation. But how about how about the Hellman? Muhammad Naimov takes out Nathaniel Wood, but a decision. It was a unanimous decision victory. I uh, wish I would have taken it on the card. Uh, I was a little bit upset about uh, that. Around plus three hundred, he was as an underdog in this. But uh, what did you? Uh, what, where do you think Nathaniel Wood went wrong here, or what? What, what were your thoughts? Real quick, I had a parlay oh, with boy. Mike Breeden money money line in it. It was it was Mike Breeden, Chemaev, Volkan. Um, Makachev and Nathaniel Wood. So, shout out to me for being an idiot and putting a parlay piece of Nathaniel Wood in a parlay because that's just you should never do that. Nathaniel yeah. Wood, yeah, he still calls himself the prospect. That's still his nickname. He is uh, almost thirty years old. Probably shouldn't go, go by that nickname anymore. You know, but um, I'll say this, man, Mister uh, Lucas Basaki. I thought he was a pretty good ref, but uh, he didn't do anything in this fight. He just let Muhammad Naimov do whatever he wants. So there's a double low blow in round one, back-to-back knees, right? Then there was a fence grab to keep – he had like a bridge. He was on top of wood, and he was kind of getting 
I don't even know what like you would call it. Like off, kind of, yeah. Yeah, kind of, uh, with, with Wood's knees and, and legs. And he kind of, to keep that bridge over top of Wood, he, he grabbed the fence, nothing. Okay, so that's that's three. He had a low blow kick. It was just a kick that kind of glanced, but it, it, it glanced hard off the off the cup of Nathaniel Wood in round two. Then he had a fence crack to stop a takedown in the second round, Naimov had. A low blow spin kick in the third round that did not get called, got ignored. And he grabbed the glove at the end of the third round when he was on the ground getting uh, getting hit a little bit yeah. from ground and pound. Grabbed uh, Nathaniel Wood's glove. Not as bad as we saw a couple weeks ago with a glove grab. Glove grab. I forget who that was. I think it was the guy who fought Dober. Um, can't think of who, who it was. I don't remember his who name. Did, who, did, who the fuck did Dober just beat? Either way. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven illegal activities that he uh, committed. And the ref did nothing. The ref did absolutely nothing. Didn't warn him. He just said, hey, you can't do that after he already had done it. It was Ricky Glenn. It was Ricky Glenn, yeah. Um, So, you know, telling a guy he can't, or a fighter, that they can't do something after they have already done it and let go of whatever they've done. Like, that's, who does that, what does that do? You know, like, hey, 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 don't do – don't pull his hair after the hair is already pulled and there's we a dreadlock. talk about that. That was crazy. A dreadlock on the ground of Cedric Dumas. Yeah, we forgot that. Uh, Abu Azatar pulling hair with one hand and hitting him with the other hand. Like a what hockey fight. That shit was wild. And then, and then he did it again in round three and pulled – that's when he pulled a dreadlock out. And then he hit the back of the head like 15 times of Dumas when he was on the bottom. And the referee in that fight – let's see if it was the same guy, Mr. Basaki – uh, no, it, it was, was not. It was Jason Herzog. Come on, Jay. What are we doing? You're the pillar of excellence. Uh, but yeah, dude, seven fouls. That just shows you that if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? You might as well kick somebody low. You might as well grab their glove and you might as well grab the cage. Whatever else you can do at least one time. This is the um, Tamir's Vidal. Wait, no. Yeah, the Tamir's Vidal school of low blows and illegal moves. Come on, man. You got you to know what you're doing in there. And uh, Naimov did, right? He, he used that. It, it, the one in round two where he used it to stuff a takedown when he grabbed the fence, was, I, that is so egregious. That should be an automatic point. If it's such a if, – if you're stopping such a advanced position like that, if you're stopping yourself from getting taken down by grabbing the cage, that's a point. That should be a point no matter what. I don't care, but, you know, referees uh, – they, they like to give you warnings and warnings and warnings and warnings and then, yeah. you know, maybe yeah, it'll step in. Well, like we we talked about, why wouldn't you break the rules if there's no pen, real penalty? Why not? You, you're telling me why not to do something not? doesn't really matter. It's uh, Bernard Hopkins in boxing used to abs- throw elbows in the clinch and used to hit guys during the break. And, it, you know, referee would say, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do that. Hey, if you do that again, I'll take a point. And then you don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Why, like you said, why wouldn't you? It, it again, maybe it's if you want to, you know. I guess fans are gonna not like you because you're cheating. But guess what? Fans like a bunch of you know weird guys. It doesn't matter. You you can get away with it, and it can work in your favor. Like it just did for Naimov. It helped him secure that win. I mean, you know, it's it's like you. Know, you go. I mean, Herb Dean kind of lets people get away with murder all the time. Too, Everything. But it's you know, it wasn't legit. even him in this one. So it's right, you know. legit murder too. Well, that's uh, that's <laughs> another discussion for another time. But how about Victoria Dudikova? 
did you really care about this fight? I mean, I watched this whole thing and, and just was uh, almost no. fell asleep. I swear to God. This was <laughs> a real boring was... Due to Kova hurt her early on. I think it was in the end of that first round-ish. Yeah, she knocked her down with that straight right. But you find out she has a staph infection afterwards, and she wasn't really able to, you know, going to be able to push that pace kind of. And, and I don't know. It just This fight really did nothing for me. It went exactly how it should have went. I should have just taken the fucking decision, but... Yeah, an anal staph infection is crazy. So I, I hope she gets that figured out. And uh, yeah, Jenny Frey, yeah, staph infection of the of the butthole apparently. Um, yeah, apparently she was <laughs> shitting blood. I think right. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, apparently the commission was like, you know what? I see there's a lot of shit in your pants and there's a lot of blood. We're good. Get get on in there, Ashley Yoder. No, who's the chick that shit her pants? Justine Kish. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should get Justine Kish and Victoria Dudikova in there and, you know, all right, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> she moves to 8-0. She's undefeated. I think she's probably better than the fight that she showed, yeah. even though she she did get a knockdown. It's funny because she's been primarily a strong grappler who tries to trip you and tries to get you to the ground. The problem is Jin Frey is fucking yoked. She's on all the sauce. So it was tough for Dudikova to really get that going. She's actually the one who got taken down and controlled. Yep. Um, I think she was trying to fight, trying to fight off an armbar, and she, she didn't come close. But there was, there was a second there. I was like, "Oh man, we're getting it, we're getting it," and yeah. uh, it just didn't work. But she actually used her striking to win the fight when that's not really her her go to. So that was that was kind of good to see. I think she's a pretty decent prospect. There's something to work with at strawweight there, uh, for sure. I think she's only 25, 24. Yeah, she's ninety. She's a ninety nine baby. So. Undefeated. Love to see her get tested more with somebody that's like younger, like maybe a. A younger version of Jinu Frey, right? Somebody who, who can who can strike a little bit, who can defend some takedowns. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was a boring fight. But given all that she was dealing with internally, um, not that bad of a performance by her. I agree. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It just kind of ruined it afterwards when you find out the shit that she was going through. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Literally. You're like, yeah, literally. The shit that was going through her. So, uh <laughs> How about Shara Bullet, man? Shara Bullet, I was very excited for this, and it kind of, I, I was disappointed, to be honest. He, very exciting sort of explosive kicker and striker, and his hands really aren't that, you know, all that great. They look good in this, but yeah. I don't know, like zero takedown defense whatsoever. No. Uh, as soon as the, the Bruno Silva got his hands on him, he was able to take him down and just lay on him. There's a couple 30-27s on here where, they weren't reward. I mean, and I'm. It makes sense. They were all thirty twenty seven. Yeah. which I thought was kind of crazy. Yeah, that's and I, I the under the only thing was I understood when Bruno Silva was taking him down, he was kind of just laying there. He really wasn't and doing kinda, it. Yeah, and Shar was kind of you know hitting active. him from the bottom. Yeah, he was active. Uh, you can't. That's the one thing you can say. You know, it's you're you can't just get taken down over and over again then bruno started to land some shots but it, i mean there was an accumulation of strikes from the bottom by sheriff bullet it was just throwing anything he could elbows he was actually just fighting him straight up from the bottom and it was yeah, it was pretty was much crazy. wild but it's like you know, i'd like to see you just keep the fight where you are strong your strongest you know aspect not every judge is going to give you you know, reward you from your strike for your strikes from the bottom. It's not going to be yeah. like that in every single commission, every single judge. It's it's kind of they view that shit a little bit differently. So, I mean, Bruno Silva, uh, you know, he just kind of. I mean, he went through hell. He took a, a big a big beating here uh, for when the fight was standing up, and he was uh, there was a couple points where I thought he was 
going to get him out of there, but it's, you know, he was able, as soon as he was in trouble and he spammed a takedown, he was, he got it right away. So it's, that's, that's the concerning part. Yeah. Those kicks though, from Shara were nasty, Deadly. man. You saw the, the, the quad or no, the hamstring, the back yeah. of, uh, Bruce, he came out and he fought Southpaw too, which I don't think he really is a Southpaw. I don't, or I don't, I don't yeah. know. That was, uh, that was crazy, man. He was laying some nasty, nasty kicks. Uh, he was doing really well in the clinch. Uh, he was doing well on the ground, Shara was, which is kind of crazy because he was on the on the on his back. Went to the body well, but you know when it, straight up headshots, man, Bruno Silva I was uh, say, did better. Shara was getting but hit. Her his nose is busted unfortunately, up. That's not how the fight goes for Bruno Silva. He did well, but he didn't do well enough. Yeah, you know. So uh, we had Shara inside the distance, or at least I did, and that didn't happen, unfortunately. But um, I thought he did rock him though one time. No, right? Didn't he hit him with a? I wasn't sure if it was a head kick or maybe not. Maybe I'm just tripping, but... Who, Shara Bullock um, did? Yeah, I thought maybe at one point he rocked him a little bit, but he probably did. not. No, um, he did. He, yeah, had, okay. he had him up against the fence, and he was throwing some shit, but it was like... Yeah, I thought it was in the first round. I was like, oh, we're getting him out of here quick, but... Yeah, I mean, again, the problem is I don't know where this guy's going to be able to fight. He has one eye. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So, what commission is going to let him go? Is he going to fight once a year every time they come to Abu Dhabi? It doesn't really... He said... He said he wants to fight in uh, on the Chinese card that's coming up. Oh, well, there you uh, go. Shanghai. Right? So that's kind. Of, it seems like there's going to be a pipeline here of just guys that can only fight only fight in certain US. areas. Yeah, and that's crazy. Man. Not only outside the U.S. Like I'm sure, like you couldn't go to England or there's certain plate. Like Canada, you know, it's like yeah. you're going to have to be in Abu Dhabi to be able to fight or China, where they really they'll just kind of do whatever the UFC says. Or Saudi Arabia will be another place. UFC where Abu Dhabi. Yeah, you, a, yeah. A, a extension of the UFC. Yeah, they'll literally be like the fucking degeneration X of uh, the UFC. So, <laughs> no crazy. rules, no nothing. But uh, yeah, no. Listen, go go win for Shara Bullet. It's you know, it, it, I I like I would like to see more. I don't think you know, especially you see a Russia next to a guy's name, you expect him to be able to wrestle somewhat. So it's a little confusing, yeah, but it is what it is. Uh, anything else on the UFC two ninety four? I, I got to give us the. Uh, the performances of the night. There was three or four yeah. of them. I'm sorry. Who you got to give us the um, the crypto? There bonuses. is no more crypto bonus. Uh, I wish. Come I, on, not I, even some. Uh, I, Islam would have gotten one, and then I think Chamayev Chamayev. and then probably like the referee Volkor uh, the, the, the ringside physician. The ringside physician would have gotten a crypto bonus. Yeah, maybe uh, Muhammad <laughs> Mukayev gets a, uh, a one one singular Bitcoin. That he can go home with. But Islam Makachev gets 50000 Rightfully so. Alaskarov gets 50000 Uh Saeed Nurmagomedov gets 50000 And Muhammad Mukayev got 50000 I think it was a little uh, a little messed up that Mike, Money Mike Breeding get, didn't get some extra money there. That's, that is fucked up. What the hell? My he opinion. needs it. Like, that's but. what I'm saying. I don't know if those guys, but it seems like there is a little bit of a theme. To the performances yeah. of the night, it seems there's a yes, lot of favoritism that. going on over in Abu Dhabi. I'll just say that, but see that. Um, yeah, there was also a boxing clash that ended up being a pretty pretty good match between Alexis Rocha and Giovanni Santayana. Alexis Rocha came in with a lot of hype. He was, uh, I think, minus four fifty. Uh, he came in. His only loss was to Speedy Rashidi Ellis, whose only loss came to Royman Villa. Both close fights, and his only loss came to Boots Ennis, and he went ten rounds with him, which is fucking crazy. So, if you're if you're following along, Alexis Rocha came into this fight. He was the big favorite. Giovanni Santian, former sparring partners, 
And Giovanni Santillan walked him the fuck down and beat him, beat him down through six rounds. The first, the the only time in his career. So he's thirty two and zero. Gallo de Oro, the Golden Rooster. Uh, in his career before this, he was undefeated, but nobody really cared about him because he fought kind of boring, and he never really you know did anything. But in this fight, on the zone, nothing else going on. Oscar De La Hoya, top rank, Golden Boy, co-promoting. He comes in here and just on the zone and just smokes the favorite, smokes the uh, you know pretty much the A side, and uh, they're at one forty seven, I think. So he he puts his name on the on the uh, on the map here. If you are interested to watch some highlights, they are on YouTube. And man, it was a slugfest. He just kept hitting them with left hooks or right hooks, and then left hooks, and then an uppercut. So shout out to Giovanni Santian Gallo de Oro, great nickname. Also, Sebastian Fundor, you know who that is, right? The uh, six foot seven tall welterweight or whatever the fuck he is. He's oh, like no. six seven one fifty. Oh man, he's funny to watch fight. His sister fought. She's like five ten and she fought a five two girl and she beat the brakes off her. So that happened. Um, other than that, I think I don't think there was any other boxing. Uh, Jojo Diaz was supposed to fight, but uh, they were supposed to fight at one thirty five. He came in weighing one forty eight. So um, yeah, didn't even try to make weight. It seems. So we got uh, we got a little boxing this weekend. That's pretty much the only thing that we're gonna we're not gonna have another episode this week uh, in case you haven't figured that out yet. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the, of the, we, we might have to come back for some uh, you know some diamond. I mean Phillies. There's gonna uh, be a, there's gonna be a sports <laughs> podcast more than likely tomorrow. Uh, but there's not, there's not gonna be another MMA UFC boxing podcast because there's really only one big thing going on this weekend unless you're locked in on uh lfa and uh cage warriors getting back in there this weekend but tyson fury francis and ganu boxing kind of spectacle and then there's a couple other you know notable names on this card but ty are you do you care about this at all are you excited uh well it's called it's being promoted as battle of the baddest which sure i guess um i hope they're getting a lot of money it's in Saudi Arabia starting at noon, so I probably will not be tuning in. Um, the co-main event, I don't even know who these people are. Uh, actually, I think I do know who Fabio Wardley is. Yeah, he fought. Didn't he beat up? No, I don't know. I don't know anybody he's fought. I have heard the name, though, for sure. Joseph Parker? Uh, Joseph, yeah, jo- oh, man. Joseph Parker's old washed ass is getting on in there. He is um, – it's, it's crazy. He's only 31 years old. I cannot fucking believe that. He fought Anthony Joshua like five years ago. Um, and lost, obviously. He's going to be on the card. Um, a fellow by the name of Arslanbek Mahmudov yeah. is going to be on the card. I've actually he seen is, him before. <laughs> he's terrifying. Yeah. His nickname is The Lion. He knocked out – who was it? I think it was Ma- Maurice Wach. Yeah, Ma- Maurice Wach. And he also beat Carlos Takam, who is also on this card. Uh, anybody else? Yeah. It, it's just um, – I don't know. It's, who cares? It's a, it's a lot of it's who a cares. Queensberry – it's a Queensbury promotion card is pretty much how I look at it. Frank Warren and I think Top Rank is also co-promoting. So there's all I think Ngannou has his own like promotions or there's a Middle Eastern promotion that's co-promote I don't know. It's very confusing and weird. And if you've seen it, I mean the the one thing I'll say is the the promotion of this fight has been very good. The you know videos and trailers that you're getting of these guys has been very good, right? But We've, and it's good that Francis worked with Mike Tyson. I think that's awesome. I think that's super cool. But I don't think it's going to help him. Like I've seen him throwing some punches in training and sparring, and I'm like, oof, that's not going to that's not going to go well. Um, but 
I will say this. If Tyson Fury comes in there, fat, out of shape, and is like, you know what? I'll win. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you never know. I'll just all I'll say is you never know. These are two big dudes. Francis and Gonder is one of the hardest hitters ever. Um, again, it would have to be maybe a lucky punch, but it doesn't have to be lucky. If you're not, if you're not locked in, if you're not dialed in, bad things will happen. That's happened to him before. When he fought Otto Valin, you know, everyone's like, oh, this is gonna be just a showcase fight. He's gonna win in four rounds. He got cut up. He got pressed against the against the ropes. He got beat up for little portions of that fight against Otto Valin. Uh, his eye was busted. His nose was leaking. So you know, it, it always depends what kind of Tyson Fury you get. I mean, listen, he already has his sight set on Usyk, right? Um, his brother just fought. His half brother just fought. Like, I don't know what his motivation for this fight is. Besides the millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that he's getting, regardless if he wins or loses, right? It's, I think it's an exhibition, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm not going to put a small bet on Francis at all. He's probably going to get absolutely fucking smoked. But um, I, I wouldn't be mad if he won. I'll say that. So it is an exhibition? I think so. But, you know, sometimes with exhibition fights, they say it's an exhibition. And then right before the fight starts, they say, no, no, it's real. And then they change it back. They do that all the time on Jake Paul and, and Misfit Boxing. They yeah. say it's 10 rounds, 12 rounds, 8 rounds, to, you know. So I never really know with these kind of gimmick fights, but uh, I guess we'll find out if you're going to tune in on the day of. I um, oh, I, I am I am reading this up now. Uh, key event details: It is in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, where Crown Jewel Crown Jewel will be next weekend. That's WWE's pay per view, by the way. Shout out to Oh wow, they're going back to back. Yeah, <laughs> back to back weeks. Ring walks are expected to commence around 10 p.m. UK time. So I guess what's that? Five here? Five? Yeah. Shit, that's kind of fucking late. Uh, this thing's starting at twelve o'clock, and they're going to take an hour. There's only seven fights on the thing, so boxing is unbelievable. Of yeah, that, that's the thing, man. These guys are the best. Sex. But uh, this will be a ten-round professional bout, marking an official contest, not an exhibition. That's what it says. All right, on uh, the economic, <laughs> the India Times. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the belts are not on the line. That's good. Uh, yeah, see, like, you, you, who knows? You know, like, you just like you said, like, then one day they'll say they're they're on, and then the fight will start, and you're like, wait, the, are the belt the belts aren't on the line? And it's like, no, they're not on the line. Oh, okay. So, why am I watching I this? Know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I will watch this though, because there's not going to be anything probably on uh, by that time. Yeah, you'll be midway through like a three thirty college football game, or Notre you know, Dame, baby. I, I don't care about them, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> we got Pitt. It's going to be the halftime of the Pitt game. Come on. Is Pitt ranked? Uh, they're two and five. Oh, there you go. Well, probably we'll <laughs> check into that. And then one, if they go out, if they're not up by 20, then I'll watch angrily. And if they are up 20, then I'll just check out. There you it's go. Usually how every Notre Dame game goes now. And then, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I guess. I didn't go to the school, so I don't need to sit here and and uh, you know clap my hands every time they win a game. Because I see these people, I'm I'm arguing with people on Twitter. Yeah, when then they're like, you know, maybe we can get a New Year's Six bowl. I'm like, why the fuck do you people care about a New Year's Six bowl? Nobody gives a shit about that. If they make it there, no one's gonna play in it. So what? Like what? Who let's, cares? Let's play in the Heinz Ketchup Bowl. Yeah. come on. If anything, you make it there, you play like Penn State. All their guys play. Your guys don't. You get smoked, and all these people are saying, "Look, look at what happened in Notre Dame." They're a fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> all right, bro. Like whatever. That's why I, I don't get too much into the weeds about college football. But 
Yeah, you I mean, listen. The weeds. That's it. Yeah, hey, who? Allegedly. Uh, t- listen, Tyson Fury, like you said, he should beat the shit out of him. Cause, and, and Francis Ngannou, from the clips you've seen, you never know if this shit's on purpose or not, but he I don't know why you would put this out and look, look you know, throw punches the way yeah. he's been throwing yeah. them. Well, uh, I don't see a, a world where Tyson Fury doesn't beat the fucking brakes off him. This is all Cyril Gaunt's fault, basically, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it is. It's actually Dana White's fault that we're even having to see shit like this. <laughs> that but, is true. That is true. But, I mean, Ngannou, you, we all know, we've all gotten the vibe of what his shit is about. I don't think he, he may never fight for the PFL. I mean that. Like if yeah. he after this fight and when he when this check clears, I don't see why he would ever fight again. What does he have to prove? That he is the baddest man in a ring between him and Maurice Green. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> nothing. Only bad shit can happen in the PFL. So you don't think that we will see Francis Ngannou in the Ask Jeeves cage? No, it's got. They didn't change it. It can't be Ask Jeeves. It's got to still be the smart no, cage. I, it's very no, smart it's, too. That's just what I call it the uh, the Bing cage. If you're uh, if you're wondering what my name, I'm gonna keep coming up with new names for it. No, I mean so it's smart. it's yeah it's any anyone that um oh, that was crazy. The one time I was watching PFL, I couldn't believe the amount of shit that was sponsored. They're like, I am using a proper twelve microphone. Welcome <laughs> to PFL, Dave and Buster. They're brought to you by Dave and Buster's. You're like what? What the fuck? Can we get through the fucking yeah. post-fight And I'm doing the speed, White please? Barn Candle post-game show here. You're like, <laughs> anything that's right in front of me, I'm just telling you what you know what, yeah. what's going on. But it, it's 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 a joke. It's a joke. But it you make $25, $20, million, and then, I, like you said, I'm going to get in there and fight Maurice Green, Hennon Farrell, hey, like, man. you know, no. Hennon <laughs> Burrell, maybe? Hennon Burrell, he probably would. He probably would sauce. fight him, yeah. Put him on the sauce and the juice. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. What do you? I don't know. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matt McSweeney. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. His name, Ty Capone. And as always, real quick, actually, real quick, I'm gonna. Oh, this over whoa, Matt. hold on. Shout out to Jay Watson, Washington wow, yeah. for getting a nine-second knockout. Breaking the Art of War record for quickest knockout. So uh, also Cade Berardelli. Not sure. I'm not too familiar with him, but shout out to him. He's from South Jersey as well. He got an 11 second knockout right after. So South Jersey boys fucking cleaning up. Also Jay broke his left hand on that fatal punch to that fellow's head. So heal up, Jay. Get that fucking hand wrapped and uh, get back after it. Yeah, man. That shit was. I saw the video of that. Very. Uh... Very, yeah, very that's powerful. It's very quick, <laughs> very folded. powerful. Yeah, it's... he folded, buddy. Uh, and then, buddy, he, you know, buddy did the old. You know, he goes for a takedown. And he's like, "Wait, well, why is the fight stop?" And he's like, "Bro, what country are you in?" You're like, "Oh, not this again." In the desert? You're like, "Not, nah, no, nope, we are in. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're, in we're in Pennsylvania. Casino. Yeah, we're at Rivers <laughs> Casino right now. You're good, brother." <laughs> oh man. So two and one in it as an amateur, getting that record up. Good to see uh, all those boys at Web MMA and Fitness are, uh, you know. Looking good, man. Chris Molina got in the cage. He's a South Jersey boy. He's a Washington Township boy. He took an L, but um, I think his his opponent was cheating. So if you listen, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But shout out to Chris for getting in there. He's a good dude, and uh, I like seeing our South Jersey boys fight. I like. I, I want to see somebody come through the ranks. Couldn't agree more. I, I truly couldn't agree more. It's always good to see, especially somebody you know, like you, you, that you call a friend and you see him get in yeah. there. And you're like, "Oh, this is folding people." You're unbelievable. Like, oh, yeah, it is a unbelievable <laughs> rush. I can't imagine how these people feel for the UFC. But uh, so I just want to let you guys know, as always, 
protect your neck and watch your chin. <laughs>